All right, here we are, episode 17 of High Tide in the Dreamtime. I was asked to make this episode by a close friend of mine. And I think I need to make this information available to people. I'm going to call this episode uh, Death, Smoking, and Psychedelics. So I'll start off by saying that, you know, everybody knows that smoking's bad for you. And I'm going to put smoking marijuana as a subset in this because, uh, you know, just as many people I think these days are smoking marijuana as, you know, were once cigarette smoking. Um, cigarette smoking is sort of anti-social and anti-life as far as I can tell these days. I mean, if people smoke cigarettes, it's to me, uh, you know, they're really struggling, but it's almost something that people don't do in public anymore because of how it's viewed. Well, my experience with, with smoking began, um, I've never smoked myself. I've probably smoked five cigarettes in my life and I don't know, probably eight or nine marijuana joints in the altogether in the 52 years I'm approaching. So I'm not somebody who this has been an issue for, but I work with people who this is an issue for. Um, and I'll say part of my call to this is that, you know, I, my father died of lung cancer when I was 16. Uh, he was 45, big, strong guy. Uh, got diagnosed with, with lung cancer. And, you know, two and a half months later, he was dead. So I've seen firsthand the ravages of tobacco smoke and, you know, to a lesser degree, marijuana smoke. Um, but what I want to say, if you know anybody who's problemed with this, who, you know, nicotine is very addictive, is I have worked with people who have been longtime nicotine addicts and haven't been able to quit. And they have quit using psilocybin, using high dose psilocybin. And they don't quit over time. They don't quit, you know, over a program. They quit over two or three days and or a week. And usually it's because they have two psilocybin sins. And what happens in this process, it also happens with their marijuana usage, is twofold. They get shown what they're doing to themselves. And they get shown that there's a finite amount of abuse that their physical capsule is going to take. And that they find out where they are along that map. You know, some people aren't that close. Some people realize, like, if they don't stop smoking, they're going to die soon. Some people realize that, you know, it, they may all have already surpassed the limit of what their body can take. But everybody, you know, the, the facts about it are, my, my percentages are higher than this. The facts about stopping smoking using psilocybin are that 80% of people who use high-dose psilocybin to quit smoking will stop smoking for six months at least. That's eight out of 10. Now the normal recidivism rate, the successful um, 
numbers for most treatments are 15%. In 50, you know, 15% of people who stop smoking using a non-smoking program, they're going to they're going to keep not smoking after 6 months. Very hard thing to do. The reason that psilocybin works in my understanding from working with people is twofold. Nothing is as addictive as something that almost works. That's the first thing. Nicotine almost works. It comforts people in their anxiety. It stimulates them when they're tired. It separates them from situations they don't want to be in. It creates boundaries for them. And it does a lot of things that make it, and it's addictive to the brain. You know, the brain feels bad if it's not getting it once it becomes addicted. So it's a very tough addiction to fight. It's right up there with heroin. Um, And what I've seen with psilocybin when people do it, in my own experience in front of me, is that things happen on multiple levels. They get exposed to the suffering that causes their addiction. And that really is the gift of psychedelic therapy for whatever you're using it for. It will show you the source of your suffering, which is always usually a trauma or an emotional scarring. Um, That's the foundation of all addictions, whether they be alcohol or drugs or nicotine or anything. It's a way people are coping with a trauma unsuccessfully. And while in my experience, the actual experience of people undergoing psilocybin therapy for smoking is probably the least pleasant of all kinds of psilocybin therapy, it is the most effective. And one of the reasons that it is is because it exposes people to the impact that smoking is having on their bodies. Some people will spend five or six hours feeling like they're getting smothered by smoke and can barely breathe. And for those people, they come out of their sessions never wanting to smoke again. And oftentimes they don't. But that's simply because they're not noticing what they're doing to themselves and haven't been noticing what they're doing to themselves. They become so unconscious and so are in such a trance when they smoke that they don't even realize how it feels and how their body's responding to it. So that's one aspect of it. People become aware of the actual impact that smoking's having on them besides their hacking cough, besides their not feeling good overall, besides their stinking, Um, besides their knowing that they're shortening their lives, it really gives them the experience of how their body is experiencing the smoke. And once they get that, they don't want to smoke anymore. It's revolting to them. And that experience really stays with people, even though it isn't pleasant. And it's actually the best experience that somebody who smokes could ever have. 
Now, the second aspect of it is what I was speaking about when I said addictions are tough when they're things that almost work. And all addictions, there is no exception to this. It can be workaholism. It can be sex. It can be video game addiction. It can be marijuana addiction. It can be alcohol addiction. There is no exception to this. The things that people become addicted to are things that point them in the direction of the numinous. That make them feel that there's this larger process that they're connected to, this larger intelligence, and whatever they're using is almost getting them there. Whether it's heroin finally making them feel like they're able to relax and not feel anxious, or cigarette smoke giving them the energy they need to get through their depression, nicotine is a stimulant, or smoking cigarettes, making sure that people stand back a few feet from them when they've felt imposed upon for their whole lives, or cocaine making them feel powerful when they've never felt that way before. All of these things imply a wholeness that is evasive normally. And when people experience these things, they think it's a pathway to get what they want. Now, once they realize that it isn't, once they realize that there is no shortcut to connecting with the field of intelligence that gives birth to everything physical and non-physical, their frustration at its failure to actually deliver is what fuels their addiction their frustration and their rage that this promise that this thing had made hasn't come through. That it had an implied capacity that was completely an illusion. It's like your parents lying to you and saying, we're gonna get you that shiny red bike for your birthday. And then your birthday comes and they don't get it for you and they just kind of laugh and say, oh yeah, we were never gonna get that for you. That's an addiction. So with smoking, particularly, and addictions generally, not only do people get to experience the impact physically of what smoke is doing to their bodies, but they also usually experience the trauma that created that need. I mean, if you don't smoke, and you smoke a cigarette, it is the most disgusting thing you could probably put in your body. And the amount of trauma that you need to have for that to be an improvement on your normal state is a lot. And one of the things that the psilocybin will show somebody besides the actual physical damage they're doing is the source that made cigarette smoking appealing. The source of their trauma. And once they experience that, they don't need the repetition compulsion of smoking. When you're looking at somebody smoking a cigarette, you're looking at somebody trying to express their trauma to everybody and trying to have a relationship with it themselves. That's what they're doing. They are trying to make 
themselves aware of their trauma that has sourced this experience. And they're trying to show it to you too. Whatever the addiction is. Underneath it, it's grown in the charnels of trauma. So the first two aspects of why psilocybin will get people to stop smoking. One, it'll show them how their body feels about getting smoked. Two, it'll show them the trauma that gave birth to that. That need to create a repetition compulsion to remind themselves about their trauma. And that is what all addictions are. They're a reminder of your trauma. They're you trying to heal. They're me trying to heal traumas in a really ineffective way. And then the third part is they're going to have an experience of the numinous. And I know that sounds funny, but it's true. They are going to have an experience that shows them that there's a much larger reality than the constrictions of their egoic state that they can have access to and have a relationship with and it knows they're there and it has known that they're there their entire life and there's something there's a quote I actually put up on Facebook today that Carl Jung said he wrote it to somebody and, he, and, he, and the quote is you are quite right The main interest of my work is not concerned with the treatment of neurosis, but rather with the approach to the numinous. But the fact is that the approach to the numinous is the real therapy. And inasmuch as you attain the numinous experiences, you are released from the curse of pathology. Even the very disease takes on a numinous character. And that is the thing that psilocybin also does for people is it gives them the experience of the numinous that has been evasive to them. And once they're in relationship with that, smoking is a very, very poor substitute and a very misaligned uh, attempt to contact the numinous. As I said, all addictions are like this. Um, But if you combine these three things, Smoking just becomes ridiculous. That's why psilocybin works. That's why if you know somebody who's smoking, you can get them to stop. And that's why psilocybin works with a lot of addictions is that it's a form of unitive intelligence that informs the person about its presence, its awareness of them, and its desire for them to live a life in more well-being and closer to its origins. It's important to get out there. It's important to know. It's important to help people with. All right, I hope you enjoyed this and I hope that this 
little podcast is going to be helpful to somebody. All right. Stay safe out there in the COVID-19. This has been Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. I have essays on my website, www.goingquantum.org. And I hope to hear from you and speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.